Welcome to Relevance for Today, a show where you will be encouraged, inspired, and fed through the Word of God. You will find relevant teachings, tips, discussions, interviews, and more for both believers and even non-believers who are considering salvation through Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Relevance for Today TV show, podcast show. Hey, thanks for tuning in as we continue on with part two of Do We Really Know Him? So first thing I want to say is I hope you're enjoying the episodes. And if you haven't listened to part one, please do me a favor and stop watching this one and go back and listen or watch part one. Sound good? It's a really important series and uh, was doing some studying, getting some things taken care of, doing some reading, getting in the word, and I'll get nuggets. And I give all credit to the Holy Spirit inspiring me. Get those nuggets, write them down on a sheet of paper, date them, and I put them together and I have a big stack that I've got to go through and get them all transcribed. But one of them was, I'll read a Bible verse, one thing leads to another, and before you know it, poof. Or in this situation, I teach a group in Pakistan a couple times a month, as some of you already know, and sometimes they'll go on a missions trip and they might preach to 30, 40 people, sometimes 20 people. But either way, they asked me to do that. And as I was sharing a message with them, I truly was inspired to also turn it into a series based off of the passage of Scripture that the Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. Once again, it says, I the New Living Translation. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. And I'm going to stop right there, right there. And we can be sure that we, Steve Lewis and you listening, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that we know him if we obey his commandments. And it continues on verse four. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey his commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely, completely, it, you know, when I read that word, completely, perfectly, completely, it makes you want to just wrap your arms around yourself, like just give yourself the huge hug of just completely, mm, completely love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So right there, and I mentioned it in the, the first episode, reminds me of going through and being like, if anybody watches Raider of the Lost Ark, uh, Indiana Jones, you know, he didn't just hear about a treasure and go look in one location. No, he dug. He had notebooks. and one of them, he had his father's journal. He dug in deep. 
And reading a passage like that makes you want to go, you know what, I need to get in the Word and find out these commandments. I need to find out and make sure that I'm obeying God in a way that will show people that I know Him, that will let me know that I know Him. You know what I mean? Once again, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. And so I want to encourage you. So when, for example, when you read that part, and I'm going to get into it further, but I'm just having a couple words here. But those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. You should ask yourself, how did Jesus live? And then grab your Bible and go in and start reading the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How did Jesus live? Oh, wait a minute. He went around doing good. Oh, he was healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. Oh, he fed the 5,000. He was taking care of the widows and orphans. He was taking care of the hungry, taking care of the sick, speaking to people, having fellowship with people regardless of who they were. That's how Jesus lived. So that's how we can model our life right? Because the word of God says so. You know, verse three really puts the responsibility on us as followers of Jesus Christ, where it says we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. So in episode one, I went through and listed the two most important commandments that Jesus commanded, which actually covers the entire 10 commandments and then some. By doing that, we were able to see a picture of what knowing God looks like. We must obey his commandments and live a Christ-like life. That's it. That's all, right? Drop the microphone once again. We must obey his commandments and live a Christ-like life. Steve, how can I be a Christian? Steve, how can I be a follower of Jesus Christ? Obey his commandments and live a Christ-like life. Verse 5, verse 5 reads, But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love God. Well, Steve, what's God's word? God's word is the Bible, right? And you go in there and you can read that instruction, training, equipping, getting discipled, learning. That's what it's all about. And basically, like I said, so here we are given another key piece of instruction by John as a follower of Jesus Christ. We must love God completely. Or as the New American Standard reads, verse 5 says, But whoever follows his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. The love of God has truly been perfected. Wow. And so, in order to see what the love of God or what loving God completely looks like, we can go right back over to one of our key verses in this series. The commandment to love God as recorded in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. So, here we go. And we're going back and forth. And it's like having that treasure map out or having the journal out that tells you how to get to the gold. And you have to read it and go and it says, okay, go to the library. Move the bookshelves out of the way. Look at the floor. There's a map on the floor, but you can only see it if you go up the staircase. And then you can see the map. I'm talking about Indiana Jones, one of the movies. But it takes you from one thing to another. And it's like digging for treasure in the Word of God and learning how to live a Christ-like life. 
and I'm wanting you, I'm painting a picture of the Bible being this book, this amazing book inspired by God for us to read, to learn how to live a Christ-like life. And you can dig in it and find these nuggets. And it's exciting. And I want to instill that in you and inspire you in that way for you also to be able to be encouraged and strengthened and to be just ready to jump in. You know what I mean? So once again, so Mark chapter 12, verse 30, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Jesus said not just love God, but once again, love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That's deep. Think about it this way, okay? So you're reading that and you're like, okay, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I yeah, love, da, 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 da. But check this out. Men, I'm calling you guys out. You ready for this one? Have you ever fallen in love with a woman? I have. 32 years now. Like really though, have you really fallen in love with her? If you have, you know where I'm going with this. You can't get her out of your mind. She's in your thoughts every hour of the day. You can't do enough for her. And all you want to do is spend each waking hour with her, especially when you're dating her and then you get married and then she's yours and you put that ring on your finger and then you know that every morning when you wake up, you wake up to your best friend. You know what I mean? You get away from each other for a certain amount of time. You come back together again. You give each other that kiss. You get butterflies, love. You know, in my case with Barb and I, my wife's name is Barb. For those of you that don't know, I was in the Gulf War for eight months. I started dating her. And four months later, I was being shipped off to war for the Gulf War in 1990. It was devastating. I really felt a soul connection with Barb. We were in love. And some may say, well, it's only four months, but you don't understand. We were ready. We were looking for each other and didn't even know we were looking for each other, if that makes sense. But during that eight months I was away, we wrote each other a lot. We probably wrote each other 20 days out of each month. And mail was hard because it would come and go. We were on an island. So mail would show up and then you wouldn't get mail for eight days, nine days, 10 days. And all of a sudden I'd get all these love letters from Barb and same thing with her. She wouldn't get anything for a while. Then all of a sudden, poof, all this mail would come in for me and your heart ached for each other. You know, our love grew as we were away from each other. Love definitely, you know, love definitely. Listen. <laughs> absence makes the heart grow fonder is what I was trying to say that time away from each other. We got to get to know each other by me making phone calls. It was expensive to make phone calls over there. I think it was over a hundred dollars for 30 minutes, but it was worth it. Every payday by a hundred dollar card, I'd call Barb, call my parents and but it was all about Barb. I'd write and just think about her all the time. And then when I got back, I married her two months later, but you know what I'm saying, guys, it's the perfect picture of loving someone with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but it's not the same as God's love for us. Of course, God's love is that agape love is powerful.
But at the same time, you understand what I'm saying when I'm talking about falling in love with someone. Ladies, falling in love with your men. Same thing. You have a love that's so strong for each other. You just want to be with each other and do things for each other and spend time together. And that's what I'm getting at. That's the perfect picture of loving someone. So can you imagine now taking what I just said? Can you imagine now if we loved our Heavenly Father like that? Wow. You know, I want to personally grow stronger in love with the Lord that way. Where I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to sit here and watch this movie. I don't want to sit here and watch this TV show. I want to go read my Bible. I want to go in my prayer closet. I want to go just go upstairs and sit in my chair in the bedroom and just read the Word of God and just pray and talk to the Lord because I love Him so much. I personally want to grow stronger that way. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing where you're just like, you know what? I don't want to do anything today, but just listen to worship music and just relax. I want to read the word of God. I want to learn more about you, Lord. You know, I'm building this picture of a love relationship, of being in love with the father. And of course, don't get me wrong. You still will have room to love others. But there will be a stronger place of love for him than just an occasional moment. And you've heard it said, and it's been, you know, different analogies, different people explain it this way, you know, if you only spent the same amount of time with your wife as you do in the word of God, would you even have a marriage anymore? You know what I mean? Or what type of relationship do you have with God, our heavenly father? Is it a dating relationship where you only see him once a week? Or is it a passerby relationship? You know, what is it? Can you define your relationship with our Heavenly Father as far as a relationship as if it was a marriage? It makes a lot of sense. And we have to do this and we have to put it on ourselves. It's something that you have to challenge yourself to assess. You know, and the key thing is you'll want to spend that time with him as soon as you wake up each day because your love is stronger for him. Does that make sense? You're going to want to get up and think about it as a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife type thing. You're going to think about it that way where you're like, you know what? When I get up in the morning, I can't wait because I'm going to start reading the book of John and I'm just going to read it and take notes and I'm going to write down everything that Jesus says or everything I've learned today, I want to write it down and read it later. Or I just want to read and listen to worship music. Or I just want to sit in the presence of our Heavenly Father. Sit in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, the Holy Spirit's within us. The Comforter, the Friend, He's within us. We want to spend that time with Him. You get what I'm saying? Am I painting the perfect picture? I hope I am. I'm really wanting you to fall in love with the Lord again. And of course, you'll want to share how amazing he is with other people, just like you did when, you know, just like I did about Barb. I wanted to tell people about her and how wonderful she is and how she makes me feel. That's the same way we want to talk about our Heavenly Father. You want to be able to say, you know, I can't wait to share about our Heavenly Father with people and what he did for us by sending Jesus Christ down and what he did for us by giving us the Holy Spirit after Jesus went to be with him. You know, that's how sharing the gospel, sharing our testimonies, you get so excited because you really know him. And when you really know him, you really want to share him. People will come in contact with you 
and they'll sense that you have this pep in your step. And it ends up being contagious. They don't know why you're smiling like crazy, but they're going to be like, what is your deal? You're going to say, you know what? I love the Lord. I know who he is. I know what he's done for me. I'm thankful for him, and I want you to know about him too. Make sense? So I seriously hope you can truly see that picture I'm painting here of what the amazing love really looks like. Okay? So loving him is very important, but there's something else that we are responsible for that no one else can do for us. This is key. Let's look at the second commandment from Jesus. Verse 31. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> okay. No other commandment is greater than these. So when reading this verse, we always see love your neighbor. Okay, cool. That means love everyone. I can try my best, but this one person gets on my nerves. That one gets on my nerves. I'm going to try though. Love my neighbor. You'd say, you know what? I can try. I'll try my best to do that. But then we skip right over the rest of this verse without really letting one part soak in. And you know what that part is? The part that says, as yourself. Oh boy, here we go. Love your neighbor as yourself means you have to actually love yourself enough to love others. Right? As I've mentioned in previous episodes, it doesn't mean in a conceited way. Loving yourself in a biblical sense doesn't mean you think you're all that in a bag of chips. Okay? You're not walking around. It doesn't mean you walk around with your nose in the air thinking you're all better than everyone else. No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's being conceited. However, what it does mean, in my opinion, is that you realize how our Heavenly Father sees you. John 3, 16 and 17 says it best. New American Standard. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. You are worthy enough that he sent Jesus to save us, to save you, to save me from eternal death. He sent Jesus Christ as a living sacrifice, not to condemn you and me of all the sinful, terrible things we have done, but actually save our lives because he loves us that much. Not only that, but when we ask him into our lives and repent of our sins, he gives us the Holy Spirit to live within us, the comforter, the helper, our spiritual guide to get us through life and beyond. Isn't that amazing? That's why you need to love yourself. The key is never look at yourself the way the world does, okay? Don't look at yourself through the world's eyes. They don't see you the way the Heavenly Father sees you, right? The world tries to tear you down. Stay with me now. The world tries to tear you down and keep you believing you are who they say you are. And the enemy doesn't want you to see yourself how the Heavenly Father sees you. So you look down on yourself and believe you are less than. 
one of Satan's goals. Now listen to me. And I know some of you are sitting back going, wow, Steve, you're exactly right. That is the way I feel about myself. I don't feel worthy of God's love. One of Satan's goals, as one of my mentors reminded me one day, is to steal our identities. The last thing he wants you to do is believe you are a child of God. That's his goal. And when he said that to me, I thought, oh my gosh, that's right. It really is because he's after the word of God. And that's what he's up to. He's trying to steal our identities. Pay attention to the news. Look at the way the world is. He's after our identities. He's after the identity of man and woman. Another thing he's after, he doesn't want us to believe that greater is the Holy Spirit that's within us than him in this world. 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the New King James Version reads, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You, my friend, friends, family, you're a new creation. You were created and forgiven and loved by our Heavenly Father so much that he sent Jesus Christ down for me and for you. So that means love yourself. Make sense? So as you come to terms with the fact that you do need to love yourself, you will easily be able to love others as yourself. Does that make sense now, how that passage goes? Love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love yourself, how can you love your neighbor? Hello. So very important. And of course, I know what I'm sharing is just scratching the surface. But I want to encourage you, as always, to get your Bibles out. I keep picking this Bible up. Get your Bibles out and read them for yourselves. I'm just giving you little nuggets to get you started, to get you motivated, to get you in the Word, because it truly is important. The more you read, the more you will grow. Seek after God daily and show Him love by how you live your life. And lastly, remember, folks, once again, love is the key in your Christian walk. And if you do not have Jesus Christ in your life, just like I said last time and many times, I pray that you ask him in today. Don't wait another day because tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And I leave you once again with this important question. Do we really know him? I hope that answer is yes. Let's pray. So, Heavenly Father, once again, I thank you for being able to share part two of this three-part series. My prayer is that the message that I shared today will reach those who truly need to hear it, that they'll be encouraged, that we, just as I'm learning, will come to know you in a greater way as our Savior and Lord, a greater way as our Heavenly Father in heaven. Because when we love others and we show love, then we truly know you. So, Lord, I pray for all those out there hurting and suffering. I pray for those who have callings on their lives to step up and be who you call them to be. And as you just bless all my listeners and watchers out there, thank you for all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Don't forget to subscribe. If you're watching the TV show, subscribe right on kingdomcommunity.tv. If you're listening on any of the podcast apps that include Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other apps, 
subscribe on there, share with friends. Don't forget about Spiritual Spotlight, where I inspire you in five minutes or less with the Word of God, personal writings, and more. And hey, stay focused, get in the Word, love you guys. Hey, take care of yourselves. Have a great day.